Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. You know, you and I live in uh, some very trying times. A lot of stuff going on, isn't there? A lot of questions that we have. Well, fortunately for us as Christians, God gives us direction on how to handle these times. So this morning, what we're going to talk about is facing the future. How do we do that? How should we do that? And the Bible gives us answers. Jesus is on His way to the cross. He is purposely headed a direction. He knows what He's doing. He knows where He's going. He knows the timing of it all, and He's on His way there. And so, He's trying to prepare His disciples. In John, He even prays for them, and we have this great section where He prays for the whole chapter. is just His prayer for us and for the disciples. And so, He gathers His disciples together, and He says, look, I'm getting ready to go. Let me tell you how you need to face the future. John chapter 14, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Now, understand something. Why would he say it that way? Well, they were Jewish people. They trusted God. Jesus at this point was an unknown entity, wasn't he? Yeah, you say you're going to do that. Yes, you're that. I, I, I hope so. But so he's saying, look, don't be troubled. Don't let your hearts be that way. You trust in God. You're going to have to trust also in me, my work, what I do, what I say. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything's ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going." No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So Jesus gathers them together, and he gives them two things. That's all we need, two things in facing the future. The first one is, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Don't be anxious. Don't be annoyed. Don't be agitated. Don't be aggravated. Don't be in distress. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. When you see everything going on around about you, don't worry about it. Don't be troubled. Chill. Now, for some of you, that means you're going to have to stop watching something, probably listen to this side or this side, neither side's very right, so that, uh, oh, can you believe it? it just makes me want to pour my hair out. Just chill down a little bit. Don't be troubled. Don't worry. God's got this. So, in the same chapter, notice what Jesus goes on to tell them in John chapter 14, verse 25. He says, I'm telling you these things while I'm still with you. When the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. 
Now, when somebody gives you a gift, you have to accept it, don't you? It's offered to you. It's yours if you choose it. And so Jesus says, look, here it is. It's yours for the taking. If you want peace, I've got you. Now, the world can't give you peace. Well, we should know that by now, shouldn't we? So he says, I've got a peace to give you. The world can't even touch it. But here it is. It's yours for the taking. Because when you accept me, Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and he will offer you this gift of peace. Remember verse 28, I told you I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. So I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to be afraid of dying. I don't need to be afraid of the events that are happening on the earth right now. I can have peace in the, in the midst of it all. So Jesus says, look, here's what I want for you. Here's my advice for you. In the middle of all that's happening, don't be troubled. Don't have fear. Now, sometimes people take this a little farther and says, that's right, we shouldn't be afraid of anything. We shouldn't even be afraid of God. You better be afraid of God. Well, God's loving and kind, He is, but there's a fear involved there. It's a fear of, I don't want to displease Him. It's a fear that if I don't do what's right, He's going to let me and help me suffer the consequences of that. I fear Him. In fact, the Bible puts it this way, the fear of the Lord's the beginning of wisdom. It helps you stay on track. It helps you do what's right. Parents, your kids need a little fear of you. Okay? You're not there to be their friend. You're there to be their parent. Well, what if I make a mistake? Oh, you will. But you go on. And so you come to that place where God says, look, in the midst of all that's happening, in the midst of everything, don't be troubled. I'm offering you peace. Here, Matthew chapter 10, here's what Jesus says about who to fear. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So, don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Well, but pastor, I, I've got a lot of questions. I, I, I don't know what to do with all of this. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to address it. That's called faith. Your questions are not all going to get answered. But they will be answered in this way. Second thing he tells them. He says, first of all, don't be troubled. And then the next thing, trust God. Trust God. That will take faith. Now, faith means this. You don't have all the answers, but you trust the God who does. You don't know everything, but God does. And so, you don't have to be troubled because you can trust God with it all. He's going to take care of it. You can trust Him. Now, let me spend some time with this section because it's really critical for us. And so, first of all, I got to trust Him for the place that He's preparing for me. As a Christian, we are not looking for heaven on earth. It doesn't exist. It's not going to happen. 
we look forward to the new place that He is preparing for us. It's called heaven. It's a wonderful place. It's a place where there is no sin. It's a place where you, even you, will be able to get along with everybody. Wow. Everybody will be nice. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 13, we're looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. Now, heaven's a great place, but let me make sure we all understand here today. What makes heaven heaven is God's presence. Heaven is heaven because it's the place where God lives. It's not about you going to meet your friends or your family or whoever. It's about you and I getting to live in God's house and God's there. He's the love of our life. He's the hope. And He's preparing this great place for us. Romans chapter 21, verse 2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among His people. He will live with them. They will be His people. God Himself will be with them. And He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Forever. And so I trust God. I am looking forward to heaven. Now, it's not an escape clause. Well, I just got to get out of this place. I just want to go to heaven. No, I just understand that this place is a difficult place, but one day I will be with God forever. And so I keep holding on to that place. I trust God. Jesus told his life, you, I am going to prepare a place for you. Man, think about that. He has you in mind as heaven is being constructed. That's pretty incredible. That's the home of God. Now, Satan has a home as well. It's called hell. And so you and I have to understand heaven and hell are real entities. And I get to go to heaven because of God and my belief in Jesus Christ. And if you choose not to believe in Christ and not give your life to Him and live for Him, then you get to go live with Satan. That's his home. That's where he's at. And so i got to trust God for the place he's preparing. He's preparing a place for me. I look forward to that. Okay, I'm the only one, but I, but I do. Secondly, I need to trust God with the plan that he has. God has a plan. Everything is under his control. He is not up in heaven wringing his hands going, boy, I didn't see that one coming. I wish I would have known that was going to happen. I would have done this differently. Would have, you know. No, no, no. He's got a plan. And so you and I need to understand. Everything he plans, it happens. Psalm 119 verse 91. Your regulations remain true to this day. Everything serves your plans. Now I want to talk to you about God's plans. That's what we're going to look at in just a moment. Now please understand something. That's the plans he has for this world and the end of this world. But we also know God has a plan for you, doesn't He? 
Jesus Christ said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. I've got good things planned for you. That's what I want for you. That's his plan for you. He has another plan now for the rest of creation as well. Ephesians 1.9, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is his plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Right now, things seem to be out of control. Right now, each entity seems to be going its own direction. But God will come, Christ will come, and bring everything into order. And so his plan is going to happen. You can't stop it. You can't change it. It's his plan. It's what he's going to do. He's determined it. But there's some things about that plan I have to understand. And there's some things about that plan I might not like. Because how many of you know God sometimes does some things we don't like? Why don't I like it? I don't understand it. I would do it differently. Well, and I'm glad you're not God. Uh, you know, this is kind of that way. And so he has this plan. And so first of all, God sets the time. He sets the time. Now, if there's one thing I've learned over the years is, is God's time is really difficult because it's so slow. Come on, let's get things done. Let's get this over with. Come on, let's, let's revolve everything. Let's resolve it. Let's get it fixed. Let's, let, come on, now. Now, when? Now. Now's a good time. I want it now. We're instant people, aren't we? We're not very patient, are we? You know, but Peter tells us, and the writer in the New Testament said, look, God's kind of slow. He's not slow keeping his promise. Why? Because he's waiting for more people to come to him. So, okay, I get that. But notice what he says about timing in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9. Remember the things I've done in the past. I alone am God. I am God. There is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. He's God. He's in control. Trust Him. His plan's good. It's hard to see. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. When the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking Him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Now, if someone comes to you and says, I know when the Lord's coming back, I've figured it out, I've studied this, I've got this, i got these numbers, i put this all together, this is all going to happen, just look them in the eye and say, you're a kook. No one knows when. Why? Well, if he told us when, we'd go do whatever we want until about a day before, wouldn't we? That's our nature, right? So he says, I alone know the time. I've got a time to this. Don't think my plan is just out there and I'm looking forward to see when it ends. I know when the end is. I'm in control. So God sets the time. Then there will be serious disasters. Serious disasters. There are things that are going to be taking place on this earth 
that are unusual and that are different. And then they'll keep increasing. It's what the Bible tells us. Mark chapter 13, verse 4. Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? And Jesus replied, don't let anyone mislead you. Many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah. I got the answers. I'll deliver you. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars. Huh. Don't panic if these things must take place. But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation. We're kind of living there, aren't we? Kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world, as well as famines. But this is only the first of birth pains with more to come. So in other words, what's he saying? He's saying this. This earth is going to start shutting down. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, the earth was cursed because of it, wasn't it? So sin has not only been wrecking havoc with human beings, it's also been wrecking havoc with our planet. And what we see is it coming to an end. And so you're going to have more earthquakes. You're going to have more famines. You're going to have more volcanoes. You're going to have more things happening. And then there's my favorite, global warming. Now, please listen to me. I do not believe in global warming. Okay, why? We just read it. I do believe in birth pains. He says it, this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Now, you see, when all these things start happening, what's man's response? We'll fix it, right? God says, this is what I'm going to do. And so we see all this, oh, well, we got to fix that. After all, mankind can fix anything. We have the answer. We've got the science to prove it. And they'll go about doing this and this and trying this and this so we can fix this and we can fix this. The world is coming to an end. And Jesus tells very plainly, when it starts coming to the end, everything is going to start getting shaken up and you're going to see an intensity in disruptions on this planet. Count on it. Count on it. And so, he's got a plan. That plan says, I'm in, I'm in charge. I've got this in control. I know the time of what things are going to happen and when it's going to happen. I've got this down. But understand that when all this starts to happen, this planet is going to have some serious disasters that are going to go on in the midst of it because this earth is finally coming to a place where the curse of the sin is bringing it to an end. It's wearing out. And the Bible tells us that in several places. Next, there will be spiritual deception. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Holy Spirit tells us clearly, clearly, that in the last time, some will turn away from true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites, liars. Their consciences are dead. They will say it's wrong to be married, wrong to eat certain foods, but God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. I'm not going there. I could, but I'm not. 2 Timothy 4.3, a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. 
They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Now you see, we're in a day and time in our culture where truth is up for grabs. Well, I have my truth, you have your truth. Whatever's true for you might not be true for me. Folks, there's only one place you find truth, and that's in God's Word. And the moment you start taking truth away from there, you're in trouble. And yet, we will have people in churches all over the world who will sit and hear wholesome teaching and say, here's the word, I just don't agree with that. Because they've listened to other teachings. Oh, pastor, I'm not listening to any other teaching. Yes, you are every day. You got this little box that you turn on and you watch your favorite news station. It's teaching you something, isn't it? Boy, it's quiet now. And unfortunately, we say, oh, I don't agree with that. But it keeps getting repeated over and over and over again, doesn't it? And finally, you keep repeating it. You be, well, maybe that's right. Well, I got this political stance. I don't care which political side you're on, they're wrong. Truth only comes through God's Word. And then we are told that in the last times, as we get closer to the return of Jesus Christ, people aren't going to listen to truth. You tell me what I want to hear, and I will choose whether I accept it or not. And if I don't, I will go find somebody else who will tell me what I want. Well, I'm going to tell you here, and I not only speak for me, I also speak for Pastor Blake. If you're going to come here, God's Word is truth. And that's not changing. Not changing. So, what we know is there's going to be spiritual deception. People will believe lies and call it the truth. So you have these disasters going on that mankind thinks it can fix. You have all these things happening and you go, what's going on with the world? It's coming to an end. And then you have all of this deception going on where people are not willing to listen to the truth of God's Word and they kind of pick truth out by themselves. I'll take one from category A and two from category B and that's what I believe. And what I believe is for me and what you believe is for you. And then there will be sinful times. And how can you not look around and see sinful times? Second Timothy 3.1 You should know this, Timothy. In the last days, there will be very difficult times. People will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel, hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from them. You know, they will hate what is good. You see, if we take a stand against something and say it's wrong, we're called haters, aren't we? 
And so what we see happening in the midst of this plan is God said, look, I've got everything in control. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I've got a great plan for you as a child of God. I want what's best for you, and I want to give you a life that is greater than any life you could ever have. But here's what's going to be going on in the world around you while we deal with this. And this world is going to come to a place where we're going to have to deal with things that, you know, the disasters that are going to happen and continue to happen. And we're going to have to deal with the spiritual deception that is going to intensify in the days ahead. And the sinfulness of the world around us is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And hear me, you're not going to stop it. We're getting close. And so he says, look, this is the plan. This is what's there. Well, pastor, what do we do? Well, I'm glad you ask. First of all, let me reemphasize, don't be troubled. (laughs) Trust God. Pretty simple, isn't it? But let me give you the provision he's made. The provision he's made for us in the midst of all of this. There is hope. And so it gives us, first of all, the entrance into the Father's home. The entrance into the Father's home. He says, I've got heaven prepared for you. I want you to go there. In fact, God wants you in heaven more than you want to be there. He's waiting for you to come to Him. But in John chapter 14, what we read at the beginning, Thomas says, I don't know where it's at. I don't know how to get there. And Jesus says, okay, Thomas, here it is. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now you see, here's another deception that we have going on in the world today. There are many ways to God, and as long as you are truthful and honest and sincere in what you believe, it's okay. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the key to heaven. You only get there through him and his work on the cross. And so he says, look, I want you to go to heaven. I've got this plan. It's going to happen this there. But here's what I want for you. I, I want you to have this place that you look forward to. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. In other words, it's available to everybody. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to the wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave His life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, to make us His very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary. Don't let anyone disregard what you say. So if you're here today and you haven't given your life to Christ and you're kind of living on your own, doing your own thing, and you're believing this and choosing your own truth and believing what you want to believe, you should be afraid. Because you've got no one to trust but you. And that doesn't work out very well. Jesus says, look, I have a life I want to offer to you. If you'll come and admit that you've sinned against me and broken my rules, I'll forgive your sins. And you can come and live with me forever. 
and I'll help you and I'll get the Holy Spirit come and dwell in you and I'll give you a peace that the world cannot give to you. It's yours, I'll offer it to you. But it only comes through a relationship with Him. That's where it starts. That's where it ends. And then it means simply this, I will no longer live for myself, I'll live for God. So, that's the way. That's the entrance of the Father's home. Then for those of you that have already accepted Christ, the endurance that's needed. The endurance that's needed. You see, you and I should not be panicking. Don't be troubled. Trust God. 1 Peter 1.6 So be miserable. No. Be truly glad. I get so tired of Christians complaining about the state of the world. Come on. The world's acting like the world. It's time for the Christian to start acting like a Christian. Quit complaining about everything. Oh, did you hear this? They're going to pass this. They're going to do this. Yeah, so what do you expect? Be truly glad. There is a horrible future waiting for you. There is wonderful joy ahead even though you have to go through the many trials for a while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested, being improved, as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through the trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him even though you've never seen Him. And though you do not see Him now, you trust Him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. So just as Jesus gathered his disciples around him and tried to prepare them for his exit, gave him some very simple advice that's still valid today. Don't be troubled. God's got this. God knows. He's got the plan. Trust him. Trust him. He will not fail you. We've sung it. Great is your faithfulness day after day. So maybe you're here this morning and you've been doing your own thing, living your life as you think is best. And as you said here, you recognize maybe I do need to make a change and stop living for just me and live for God and commit my life to Him. The Bible says that if I'll confess my sin and ask Him, He'll forgive me. He'll cleanse me. And I can begin a new life with peace, with joy, with hope, with confidence. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're a Christian, but you're getting troubled by everything going on and you're allowing the world to have too much influence on your disposition and how you live. And it's stealing your peace that God wants you to have and you need to make an adjustment.
Or maybe you've just allowed things to go on. You're looking and you're going, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen? And you haven't put your trust in God like you should. He'll take care of you. He'll help you. No matter what comes, He's there for you. He'll get you through it. He's got great plans. So wherever you are today, could we just take a moment before we let you go? Just between you and God. God, here I am. Here's where I'm at right now. Here's what I'm at. Help me. God, clarify for me. Whatever it is you're feeling, at this, thinking at this moment, would you just take a moment and just talk to God about it? Just as we each one in our own way. God, here I am. Lord, thank you for your honesty, for preparing us for the life that we're living. So Lord, help us. Maybe there's some listening today that uh, they need to give their life to you. Would you help them to take this moment right now and say, God, here I am. I need a new start. I want to start with you in my life. Help me. Maybe there's people here today that they're followers of Christ, but they don't have the peace that you want to give to them. And sometimes we get looking for peace in the world, which is never there. Would you help us to receive your peace? Would you help us not to be troubled with all the stuff we see happening? And Lord, would you help us to trust you more? We can trust you. You're in control. We're not. But we can trust you. So help us to trust you with life and all that's going on. And we thank you today for your direction and for the hope that you give to us and for what we have to look forward to and for this life that we can live today knowing God's in control. And I get to live with him and trust him. And I don't need to be afraid. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.